to On the Block with Stricken Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We're back here on the block on 93.7 The Ticket. Myself, Jake Falkovin, and the Husker Hall of Famer, longtime NBA vet, Eric Strickland. And we are happy to welcome onto the Honda of Lincoln Hotline, Stephen M. Sipple of Early Break and, of course, of the Lincoln Journal Star. Steve, how's it going today? Hi, Bach. It's going good. How are you guys doing? Oh, not too bad. We had a, a great weekend of basketball, but unfortunately our, our Husker basketball um, feelings aren't too high right now because uh, Bryce McGowan's looks like he's off to the NBA hiring an agent uh, and moving on. And he did so in a, a very nice way on Twitter there. But uh, do you think this is the right move for, for Bryce at this point? I, I was a little bit surprised that he's not testing the waters, but rather um, seemingly go, going all the way in. Yeah, I mean, I'm not positioned... I'm not in position to judge him. He's, he's, I'm sure, done a lot of homework or talked to a lot of meaningful people and come to a decision that's reflective of that background work. So um, I, I'm i sure I, – I think he's probably making the right decision. I, and, I, and the thing is, Bach, I never, I never really in the last three weeks thought for a second that he'd be back next year. So I wasn't – like among those people that were sort of waiting to see, I knew he was going. Um, so it, it makes sense. And I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what, you're in that position and you're, you know, you're in a position to be drafted and, and make an NBA team. I don't, I just, it'd be, it'd be hard to wait on that. I totally, I totally understand what he's doing here. I don't totally understand because I'm five foot eight, and, <laughs> and I wouldn't, I wouldn't have had a prayer play in the NBA. But, but um, I totally get it. He's chasing it. He's chasing a big time dream. The guys like us, Bach, we just, we just don't even, we can't even fathom what that's like. Unlike your co-host who uh, who could fathom it. So he, he's his expertise is definitely needed here. Yeah, I, I think it. I think it's a, it's interesting too to look on how it impacts Nebraska because of what you were saying. Um, is that I think a lot of us expected it. You know, you didn't necessarily look at Bryce as a building block, though at one point in time, Fred Hoiberg said he did change the the projection of the program. I don't know if that played out, but in any case, does it does this hurt Nebraska majorly in your mind? Obviously, it hurts not to have him on the team next year. But as far as just kind of projecting into the future, uh, considering he he told us from the beginning he's a one and done. Do you think this is a a big deal to lose this type of guy from a uh, bottom of the Big Ten type of team? Yeah, it's hard not to say it's a big deal, but it's complicated by the fact that, I mean, when you ask the question, just in it, you know, in the essence of the question is, does it hurt the team? I mean, <laughs> there were four and sixteen in the Big Ten. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I does it hurt? I don't know how much. I mean, it's a hard question to answer because of the record, because the record was so miserable. Um. Does it hurt the program going forward? No, it doesn't hurt it. Um, it doesn't hurt it, in my opinion, at all. Because I didn't expect him to be back. I don't think many people did. Um, you know, I think that this, I think that Fred's ability to recruit players and get them to the NBA, certainly, I, I have to think it helps. It helps the program 
um, because players are watching. They're looking for that. Now, what, what Fred's got to do is build a program, something that's just not – you can point to individual players and say, look at the success they've had. I mean, he's got to start <clears> – I mean, quickly have to build a program, quickly, uh, because he's not going to have that much more time. Sip, what's up, man? How you doing? Hey, hey Eric, how are you? Good, good. Listen, um, with the with the loss of uh, Alonzo Verge, kind of what you look at the makeup of the team going forward for 22-23, uh, what is your thoughts on this uh, upcoming signing of Sam Grizzell coming back from North Dakota State and uh, joining the Huskers quite quickly out of the out of the portal, even though he had some some pretty good teams looking at him? What, what's your thoughts on that, and, and what do you think the impact he can make Especially losing Alonzo Verge at the point guard position, who who can play multiple positions from that uh, that guard that guard standpoint. Well, yeah, it's got to be really exciting for Sam Grizzell. I mean, that he gets to come into the a Premier League and probably be part of the you know the rotation, if not the starting lineup right away. It's it's exciting for Lincoln East, uh, for the school for which he played. I think it's. It's all very exciting. It could be – it's hard to say – it's always hard to talk about that sort of player's impact on a roster because we don't know what the roster's going to look like. We really have little idea um, what it's going to look like. So um, I don't know what his impact will be. I don't know if Fred is planning to bring in a like a more conventional point guard, but certainly there's a chance – there could be an opportunity – for Sam to yeah, immediately play point. He's not just a point. He can play other positions. Um, but yeah, you know, I think his versatility will be – his versatility is what Fred's offense is all about. So that's it's a good pickup. And you sure – you know what, Eric? The other thing about it is it would not have been a good look for Nebraska to lose a, a Lincoln kid to Creighton, you know, or a, or a Lincoln kid – to Northwestern, um, there were other Big Ten schools that were would have been plenty happy to have Sam, and that would have been a terrible look for Fred. So this, I'm, I mean, I think it's, I think it's a win. I think it's a win for Nebraska in a lot of ways. I, and, and I know this is kind of a hard question, like you said, because we don't, have no clue what the roster is going to look like. There's still decisions to be made about guys heading out, still decisions to be made about guys coming in. Um, but all that being said, I, I, haven't, I have a hard time imagining that Nebraska is going to be picked too highly next year. Um, how do you think that he is that he could possibly um, kind of change the narrative? Or do you think the, the, the few wins down there down the stretch kind of did that for him in somewhat similar way? It's a similar problem to what the football team had, right? But they were able to go out and get a, a big-time offensive coordinator and, and, and a lot of these moves in the transfer pool. Do you think that, that Fred can do that as well? Or do you think that it's basically he's going to be predicted to be 13th and 14th in the conference next year regardless? and he's going to have to, to outshine those expectations? No, I don't know. I mean, it's, so I think a lot, at least some of that discussion is dependent on whom he brings in, who Fred brings into the program. Uh, co- not so much coaches, Bach, but players. I don't know that coaches, assistant coaches, are going to sway too many people unless he brings in a Frank Martin or something. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the coach of defense. You know, there's only – I mean, how – in basketball, 
in the sport of basketball, I mean, how, what are we talking about in terms of coaches that could be impactful in, in the, in the minds of fans? It's not, I don't know who that is. Um, I, I don't, and, and let's face it, what is, what would be available to Fred, you know, in his situation, what kind of pool of the of big time assistants would, would be willing to come to Nebraska over places where the opportunity is much better. Uh, now, on the other hand, yeah, he could, he has the opportunity to go into the transfer portal and bring in players that could get people's attention. And you, you can do that in, in a place like Nebraska because there's, there's spots. Like, you can almost guarantee playing time. And, you know, kids these days are really attracted to that sort of conversation um, where you can guarantee them playing time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, hey, Bach, I think it's more about um, enhancing your program's profile through the transfer portal. Yeah, I find that fascinating because even obviously he's had some talent here, just hasn't been able to get it all to work together. So even even if they do get big names, is there a belief that it's going to get better around that guy? Can you still have that belief there? Or do you think it's another Delano Banton and Bryce McGowan situation where, yeah, those guys do well, but are are, are they are we going to, to get better as a team? So that's fascinating stuff. Um, I did want to also ask you, Steve, Stephen M. Sibyl, Lincoln Drill Star, and of early break joining us here, of your thoughts of the Big Ten and what they did in the tournament. I, I think some people... I've, uh, I've seen on Twitter a few people saying, yeah, see, the Big Ten's not as good as, as, as what we thought it was. Um, but when I look back at it, I, did, I didn't see a whole lot of people expecting, you know, three or four Big Ten teams to be around in, in the Sweet 16. There was depth, certainly, in the conference this year. But I don't know if the Big Ten took too much of a hit by only having two teams make the Sweet 16. What say you? No, not a huge hit. Not a huge hit. Oh, a tricky conversation, Bach. The tricky conversation. I think it's been disappointing, and if you just look on the face of it, 18 Big Ten teams in the tournament the last two years, and only three have made it to the Sweet 16. That's not that's not a number that the Big Ten will will publicize. <laughs> they won't be they, they won't be throwing that out on, on Twitter. Um, so, you know, if you just look at it, Illinois. Come on, I mean, Illinois couldn't get out of the 50s in either of its games, okay? I thought that was disappointing. Wisconsin played terrible yesterday. I mean, this, let's just call it what it is. They played terrible. ISU's defense was excellent. I'll, give, I'll say that. Wisconsin was two for 22 from the three-point line. And I just thought was outfought. I mean, again, now give, you give Iowa State credit. You can't have that conversation without giving Iowa State a ton of credit. Iowa State outfought. Wisconsin outplayed Wisconsin. Wisconsin was, I thought, a huge disappointment in a game in Milwaukee where it had a super loud crowd behind it but couldn't take advantage. Much like the Iowa women couldn't take advantage of Carver-Hawkeye, Wisconsin couldn't take advantage of playing in Milwaukee. I'm running it down. Um, Michigan State, didn't. They, I didn't expect them to beat Davidson. So, um, you know, they got at least they got a win. Uh, Purdue, I'd say is impressive. I'd say I, I can't say anything but impressive with Purdue. Even though know, they beat a gutsy kind of gutty Yale team, and then and then played well yesterday against Texas, did what it's supposed to do, and now has a has a good. I mean, they have a nice path to the Final Four. And what I like about Purdue is they don't look like they they're carrying a lot of pressure. You see teams 
seize up a little bit. You can literally see it sometimes in the tournament. Purdue, I don't see that. Now, maybe, that, maybe that'll be, become more of a factor. I don't know. They're, they're not playing tight. So that's, that's good. Uh, now, the Big Ten, I think in the last two years, you can only really say Bach has been kind of disappointing. Yeah, I, I I think that's fair enough. Ultimately, you know, I'll take a step back when you compare the two the two years, I suppose. But you know, that's a lot of that's a lot of heavy lifting from two years ago. Although I, I suppose you could throw it in this year too. Uh, one more question for you before we go to break here. Or, or Strick, do you have a question? Oh no, okay, he, he was uh, just itching there. Um, what's uh, um, what are we expecting the the in, the college basketball? Or excuse me, Nebraska football is where the word I was looking for. Nebraska football. Anyway, so you're on, <laughs> yeah, we're on yeah. Nebraska football getting back uh, to practice after spring break. What is it? Uh, what's the 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 schedule look like? Is there uh, or do we know too much about it yet? Yeah, I mean they're going to get back to work tomorrow, and tomorrow is a pretty big day uh, because it's pro day too. So Nebraska will have a practice followed by guys working out for pro day um and that, and that you know that's that's a pretty big day over at the football complex you know the, what you're looking for from the team the current team is you don't want this to be a situation where they come back from spring break and need three or four days to reorient themselves and reestablish themselves you, that really nebraska as a program is not in a position where that it, that would be good. I mean, they need to. This is a program that needs to opt. I always say it, but needs to be fourth down all the time. Um, and so they got to come back late. You know, a lot of teams, Bach, Strick, come back from a spring break, and it literally takes them a week to get going again. I just don't think they could have, you know, they could do that, but we all know the situation they're in. And I still think that. Uh, that, that really wouldn't fit the situation. So, if I were the head coach, if I was if I was a coach over there, or if I was a quarterback over there, a leader, I would I would try my best to get them going quickly coming out of the gate tomorrow. Yeah, it'll be fascinating to see how that plays out. Obviously, the spring game uh, in a little bit. They still got some practice to get ready for that, but uh, uh, that'll be fun to follow throughout the spring. Uh, well, thank you again, Stephen M. Sybil, Lincoln Journal star, and of early break for joining us today. Hopefully, we uh, can catch up with you next week. Thank you for having me, and you guys are doing a great job. Take care. <laughs> Thank you. There you go. Steve's M- Stephen M. Sibyl, the Lincoln Journal star and of early break. We are up against it, so we got to take a break ourselves. But as usual, it's your chance to win $15 to Buffalo Wings and Rings if you can beat Strick. And our little game show here, Shootout with Strick, is coming up next. So give us a call on the Link- Honda of Lincoln hotline, 402-464-5685. You've been watching the tournament all weekend. You've seen big shot after big shot. Now is your chance to win a big shot or uh, hit a big shot that can lead to uh, some nice chicken chicken wings or whatever you want from Buffalo Wings and Rings. Uh, $15 goes to the winner. So first one in line, we'll get the opportunity. Once again, 402-464-5685. Call now. See if you can take down Strick. I think our topic today will be Bryce McGowan. So a little bit of heads up there as well. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back around the corner here on on the block on 93.7 The Ticket.